I don't like that you insinuated that Idris Elba is not actually a time wizard. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Love me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, a show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how Adult Swim has, has doomed themselves to getting sent terabytes and terabytes of unsolicited Rick and Morty audition tapes. <laughs> <laughs> that is a real thing that someone is going to have to reckon with, and I feel so yeah. bad for them. I I saw on Twitter some uh, woman in comedy posted something like, this is hard because the LA is bereft of 30-something men doing bad Justin Roiland impressions. <laughs> yeah, there is there's no shortage of bad Justin Roiland impressions, and um, everyone wants to be the next Rick and Morty cast member. The best take I saw on this is just make it Charlie Day and Danny DeVito and and be done with it. (laughs) Call it a day. It's completely different. Just yeah, I like that. But in the realm of completely different, I would like it if they just cold swap Justin Roiland for Idris Elba. I think that Idris Elba just playing it straight (laughs) would be an excellent Rick and Morty. Someone said Maya Rudolph. Should be one of the two voices, <laughs> yeah. and just like don't say shit about it. <laughs> Only if she gets to say "bubba oh. off a whole bunch of times. I do not. <laughs> I do not want a single line in the show referencing the change in voice actors. I right, doesn't need to happen. But we're not talking about Rick and Morty today. Thank God. In fact, thank God. <laughs> uh, we are talking about a, a topic near and dear to my heart. Um, because this is another commissioned flavor text, guys. And I was I was so busy preparing for this episode that I did not write anything about flavor texts, commissioning, or our Patreon. So I'm going to kick things over to Andrew. Yeah, I'd who... love to, Kyle. Let's just do this off the cuff. So, yeah. hey, everybody, this is a flavor text. You know what these are. These are where we talk about a bunch of wild shit. This happens to be the third time we've talked about Magic the Gathering, but... The difference between today and the last few times we talked about Magic the Gathering is today's episode is commissioned by our very own Zachix up in the Discord. Zachix has been a longtime card-carrying member of Butthwomp. Hashtag Butthwomp. <laughs> card-carrying. <laughs> yeah. We do have cards, I think. Yes? Uh, those are going to be sent out very soon, actually. Cool. cool. Then we soon y'all will be able to call yourself card-carrying <laughs> members. Um, hey, you might be listening and saying like, Hmm, it's been a while since I've heard about them talk about flavor text. How do I, I would like to do one. How do I do that? Well, listener who I've just referenced, I have great news for you because you may remember a couple months ago, we said we are closing the doors to the hall of wonders. That is flavor text commissions. Great news. Everybody starting this month, we are opening back the hall of wonders <laughs> and uh, everybody listening will now be able to once again commission flavor texts uh, by visiting patreon.com slash debate this cast. Please do not take out that pregnant boss. 
<laughs> it was really pregnant. It was like it was nine full pregnant. months pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. That, that pregnancy was in its fourth trimester. Okay, everybody. <laughs> so by visiting by visiting patreon.com slash debate this cast, you can subscribe at the master debater tier. Now, previously, we were asking people to be a part of that tier for a total of three months. We have changed that back to being a one-time payment. So to summarize... Patreon.com slash debate this cast. Go to Master Debater tier, pay $60 one time, and immediately, immediately flip your subscription down to, I don't know, the $5 tier. I'm not your dad. You do whatever the hell you want. But that is how you can commission your very own episode of Flavor Text. Uh, someone will be getting in touch with you to ask you, what do you want to talk about? And that's pretty much it. So uh, Patreon.com slash debate this cast, Master Debater, $60 one time. Back to you, Kyle. Thank you, Andrew. Um, question from me: When will when will the that go live? You said this month. Do we have a hard date, or is that? It's already live. It's live now. <laughs> the call was coming from inside the house the whole time. This is me. My verbal reminder to have made it live by the time this goes <laughs> up to record up to on air. We are consummate professionals. We're Let's consummate professionals. It. Matt, you can leave in and take out as much of me asking that question as you deem fit. I don't edit uh, these anymore. That's well, Todd. Todd, the editor oh. of this episode, will will be a fair and just God. Good. Um, yeah, so like Andrew said, this is the third Magic the Gathering flavor text. Um, for those of you who have not been, li- been listening to the show since day one, uh, this is the third part of a, so far, a two-part series that I did of my own will and volition in 2019, um, I caught I caught everyone up to the story where it stood for the card game Magic: The Gathering, where it stood in 2019. Um, four years have passed since then. Five years? Four years? Four years have passed since then. Time is weird. Um, uh, decades. Decades. A lifetime. Um, a, whole, a whole pandemic has happened yeah. in the in the interim. And we take commissions now. So there's more story to catch you guys up on. And that's my goal here today. Um, But I can't do it alone, because otherwise I would be talking into a mic by myself about Magic the Gathering. Uh, So I am joined today by Matt Belladross Witherbloom Cole, Andrew Tyrite Shard Henderson, and Todd Realmbreaker Thomas to catch you up on the story as One of those stands. doesn't belong. With the <laughs> I other win. Two. It's fine. No questions. <laughs> um, because there has been a four-year interim since the last time we did one of these, I'm going to do a quick recap. If you did not listen to those episodes, I highly recommend you pause this one and go listen to those before you do. But in case you don't want to do that, this should get you mostly caught up with the story shaving off about four hours of fine detail um so previously on dragon ball z uh there was a plane called dominaria uh which served as the main setting of the magic the gathering story um planes worlds are interchangeable in this in this story um, and again, are, cl- to clarify, it's P L A N E, like a P- plane of existence. Yes, mm-hmm. a plane of existence. Cool. Um, there are special magic users called planeswalkers who are able to traverse these planes due to an inherent ability they have. Um, 
We don't know where it comes from. We don't know what causes it, but certain people got it and they can use it to travel between the planes. Um, so, like I said, there was a plane called Dominaria, which served as the main setting of the, f especially the first part of the main Magic the Gathering story. From that plane, a weird necromancer named Yogmoth created an interplanar threat in the way of a race called Phyrexians, a race of techno-zombies. Um, if you think the White Walkers from Game of Thrones meet the Borg from Star Trek, you're in a good, got a good idea of what they are in your head. I remember the Phyrexians looking rad as shit. Oh, we're going to get more that, rad Phyrexians yeah. Uh, yeah, in, I gotta in say, this episode. I got to say already, I am surprised at how much I remember. Like you're saying proper nouns and I'm just like, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're so right. See, I'm struggling. I The only thing that sticks out in my brain largely is... The big cat man and Johnny, a Johnny, and and Johnny, and also Johnny. Yeah. Well, well, Todd. It all starts when they get transported to Battle World. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> he gets. That's when he gets the black suit. Yeah. Well, we'll get to a Johnny. We haven't gotten. We haven't gotten there yet. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> um. So, we have Yogmoth created an inter interplanar threat in the way of Phyrexians, a race of techno zombies. Yogmoth pissed off a powerful planeswalker. Urza, who waged a centuries-long war to ultimately kill Yogmoth and stifle the Phyrexian threat. Urza trained the Time Mage Tefiri, um, who you might remember from the previous episodes as looking a lot like Idris Elba, but he's a Time Wizard, and the planeswalking golem Karn. <laughs> sure. uh, Karn, a giant silver golem who planeswalks. I don't uh, like that you insinuated that Idris Elba is not actually a time wizard because i don't, don't think that life. you know that that's fair matt um, yeah i'm not here for the idris elba slander i didn't on, sign up for that that is on me um <laughs> let me let me try that again you might remember tafiri <laughs> as looking like idris elba no other modifiers <laughs> <laughs> excellent that that'll that'll go through uh dt legal mm -hmm. um so we have Tefiri and Karn. Tefiri and Karn both survive this uh, Phyrexian war. Urza does not. Um, Tefiri phases himself out of time as an act of protest against Urza at some point. So he like um, takes his whole like home hometown home continent and just kind of yeets it out of time for a few. <laughs> he centuries. literally sticks his ball, his proverbial ball, and goes home. Takes his ball and goes home. Uh, Karn. Amazing. Karn fights the whole war, survives it, and um, afterwards tries his hand at godhood and creates the metallic plane Mirrodin. Um, Tefiri comes back at some point and, loses his, and regains his planeswalking spark while fixing a series of time rifts all over the plane of Dominaria in an event called the Mending, which also served to nerf planeswalkers across the multiverse. Um, that is the, that is the quick summary of episode one. If that sounded like noun soup to you, go listen to that episode. Um, which is a two part episode, right? Well, that was, that was the summary that of was part, part one. one of oh, okay. Two parts. And then this is part two. After all of that, a group of young planeswalkers, um, Jace Bellerin, Chandra Nalar, Nisara Van, 
Gideon Jura, Liliana Vess, and Johnny Goldmane, Todd, um, form a group dedicated to stopping multiversal threats called the Gatewatch. Um, initially in order to save the adventure plane Zendikar from the Eldrazi, eldritch monsters that live in the space between planes and only come to planes to consume them entirely. Yeah, they're doing a mass effect. They're doing a mass effect. Um, the audience learns that the Eldrazi were unleashed as part of an ongoing plot by the elder dragon planeswalker Nicole Bolas. Uh, the main villain of the second part of the story here. And um, he unleashes them. His whole plot is to restore the full power of his spark after getting nerfed by the mending. I, I do find it hilariously whimsical that this like elder dragon god's name is Nicole. Nicole, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nicole Bolas, Nikki B, as I've seen him called in the, th- right. in the threads. Nikki B. <laughs> Um, he's a big old dragon and he's got a plot going on. Um, as his plan unfolds, Nicol Bolas collects powerful artifacts, alliances, and godhood at some, at one point, uh, and springs a trap on the city plane of Ravnica in attempt to harvest the power and sparks of other planeswalkers. That's kind of where I left you guys at the end of that two-part episode. I forgot about... Ravnica. That's another like weird mm-hmm. uh, tie-in from Magic: The Gathering to Dungeons and Dragons. That's yeah, another, another thing. They're just yep. copy and yep. pasting. Yeah, Ravnica is, is a, becomes kind of the second hub after we leave Dominaria. After does, Dominaria wraps up, Kyle. Not to get off a tangent, but does the story change dramatically, or does the story make any big shifts in history when wizards took over D and D? No. Um, And to the point where I don't entirely know when that happens in the story. Because, like, obviously now they're in the same, basically the same universe, right? Basically. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, So, where we last left the story, um, our heroes, the the Gatewatch, uh, were on Ravnica trapped there by god pharaoh nicole bolas um who is in the process of stealing the sparks of some red shirt planeswalkers for lack of a better term um and in the process he kills fan favorite dak faden who i meant to throw a picture in who you will find in the imger link in the footnotes of this podcast why is his hand all red? Oh, this like, guy fucks. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does fuck. He also looks like the Prince of Persia from the Prince of Persia Prince reboots. Prince of Persia yes. is a good comparison. So this He's is Dak Faden. He is a thief planeswalker. Sure. Um, if you think okay. like Peter Quill. Thief. If you think Peter Quill, but magic instead I can of change space. Him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can change him. He'll be different this time. He's, he's absolutely got daddy issues. No, no, <laughs> no bones about that. To answer your question, Todd, his hand is all red because he got caught at some point in his like long career of of thievery, and mm-hmm. that was like that planes or kingdoms or whatever is like way to be like this man is a thief. Don't ever trust him. Cover his like, hand and ketchup. 
They dipped yeah. it in that old uh, red medicine our grandparents used, methylate. They yeah. dipped it right in there, and now it's permanently red. What a weird uh, pull methylate. That might just be a thing for that might be a, that might I be don't a know who that's thing. for. That might hey, just get be at, for you. That's get a at me, T-Square87, if you two have had an experience with methylate. Anyway. Get in yeah. the comments. Hashtag get methylene, <laughs> methylene <laughs> nation. Get in the comments. <laughs> Is it methylate or methylene? I'm asking because this is important to the end, the middle name bit. I'm going to do two hours sure. from now. Damn it, Matt. Okay, sorry, we're doing this now. Growing up, my great-grandfather, who worked in a factory his whole life, would put methylate on all his cuts. And I think it's methylate. It was like a red medicine that oh, you can't you know tell what? me wasn't my dad had. My dad had a similar tincture that he would yeah. use, but his, <laughs> yeah, his, tincture. His, his tincture was purple. So I do know, yeah. I do know what you're talking about for sure. Methylade. Methylade. Great, thank you. Great. Um, so that's Dak Faden. He dies with a bunch of like no name planeswalkers to show you like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe one of your favorites is going to die in through the uh, process <laughs> of this story. Um, so while Nicole Bolas is stealing the sparks of these planeswalkers, Liliana Vess, who has um been magically extorted into working for him is controlling his interdimensional zombie army dope um very dope uh the gatewatch hatch a plan to stop him obviously which involves destroying some of his artifacts um the the big one is the immortal sun a device that is preventing planeswalkers from planeswalking away from ravnica um, but also resurrecting an ancient Ravnican, Ravnican dragon, Niv-Mizzet, who is going to appear in the show notes as well. Cause... So this is already just like Secret Wars in Phase 4 of the it MCU? Is... Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Matt, this, yeah. this whole... Like this whole episode we're recording is like the phase four of the MCU of the magic universe. Whole ass dragon. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a big ass dragon. It's a dragon. big ass dragon. Yeah, it looks um, right. Great. So they they res they resurrect Niv Mizzet as basically like the living embodiment of Ravnica. It's a very, really cool payoff moment. Um, Niv Mizzet is the head of the scientist guild on Ravnica. He's got a big dragon brain, but also ADHD. So like he'll like work <laughs> on something or like be doing something and he's like, I'm bored, and he'll like fly off and just just go, fucking leaves. Just leave and go do something else. Incredible. Um he's kind of an asshole, but in in the fun way. Like because he just leaves when he gets bored of stuff, or he'll come in and he's like, We're not doing this anymore. We're doing this now, because I'm the I'm the guy in charge and I'm bored of this. Um, he's been in. We're ev- still talking about the dragon, right? Still talking about the dragon. Yeah, I mean, if a dragon's like, "Hey, you thought we were doing this?" LOL, JK, I'm a dragon. Yeah, and we're not anymore. Yeah, um, he has been in every Ravnican set. He got killed at the start of this kind of story arc, and so it's very fun that they bring him back. Are um, all these characters, are they all represented as planeswalkers or do they get like, do they throw a couple like mythic rare monsters in, here and there? So Niv is not a planeswalker. He's just a, a dragon ass dragon. So, okay. but all the planeswalkers do get represented as 
Planeswalkers. It's capital P Planeswalkers. Capital P Planeswalkers. <laughs> um, so once all the... Pl- so they turn off the, the Immortal Sun, allowing people to Planeswalk away again. And once all of the Planeswalkers who want to leave, leave, the Gatewatch re- reactivate it. Um, now trap... With the intention of now trapping Nicole Bolas on Ravnica so they can put a stop to him. Keep him there. Put him down. Um, they attack his stronghold. There's a really cool moment where Gideon is flying in on a Pegasus to attack him, and he gets shot down, but he gets caught by Rakdos, an ancient Ravnican demon, um, similar to Niv-Mizzet. He's loved by fans. He's been in every set. He's a he's the head of the like chaos guild, for lack of a better word. They exist to ruin things. Um, so he gets caught by this demon that now has appeared in your in your notes. Um, and we get Gideon riding a demon into battle, wielding Perfect. a legendary dragon-killing sword. This demon is so sick. It's really right. cool. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, really, I cannot really cool. even begin to tell you it's... how many Google image searches 13-year-old me used to sit and do to look at dragons and flames and demons and shit <laughs> and i'm in um, right this is this is a, a balor is what this is yeah it's great yeah it's it's one whole half of a molly hatchet cover every every rakdos <laughs> who's that for card <laughs> Sorry, every every card representing the rakdos guild could be a metal album cover like yeah, they're nice. they're the metal they're the metal guild um so gideon leaps off of this demon's back and he strikes nicole bolas with the black blade, this legendary dragon killing sword only for it to break. Um, Nicole Bolas reveals that he sabotaged the sword long before (laughs) Gideon ever thought to take it from Dominaria. Um, He's an ancient evil dragon. He thought of everything except Dormammu have come to bargain. (laughs) Dormammu have come to bargain. Um, He's thought of everything except for say it with me. The, the power, power of friendship. friendship. The friends we made along the way. The friends we made along the way. Uh, Liliana breaks her pact with Nicole Bolas and turns his zombie army against him. Um, one of the remaining gods that uh, Nicole Bolas zombified in this process um, attacks him and drains him of all of the Planeswalker sparks he's collected so far and his own Planeswalker spark. Um, and Nicole Bolas dies. The god, oh, shit. the zombie god explodes. Um, all the zombies are dispersed. All is well. Um, just like in DC's Blackest Night. <laughs> yeah. like in DC's Blackest Night. Wait, are we going to talk about the Blackest only, Night some more? The only comic book arc DC's ever done. Exactly. <laughs> um, all is well, except Liliana has still now broken her pact with Nicole Bolas. And he is not so kind as to let her off the hook just because he's dead. So she starts disintegrating. Uh, Gideon, moved by her sacrifice and also kind of in love with her. They have a whole story arc together where they fall in love. It's a whole thing. Um, Transfers the contract over to himself using his um, understanding of like enchantment magic. And takes the punishment forever vanishing from the universe. So Gideon Jura wow. is 
dead to save Liliana. Hmm. Um, Ugin, the other immortal ancient dragon from the last episode episodes, shows up and takes Nicole Bolas's body, knowing that Nicole Bolas is never really dead for good. It's only a matter of time before he revives. And if he revives on Ravnica, that's probably going to be bad for a lot of people. So Ugin takes the two of them into a plane um, kind of separated from the rest of the multiverse and traps both of them there, um, dooming each other to, you know, die there mm. and ridding the multiverse of two meddlesome dragon planeswalkers. Interesting. So, yeah. okay, so they they wrote this in a way that like wink wink nod 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 nico bolas never actually die or doesn't actually die but then they're like but we're taking his phylactery and throwing it into a pocket dimension so he's dead he's he's dead and gone unless okay. um, <laughs> leaving leaving that door cracked open leaving that Got door it. cracked i have some I, I have some predictions for the end okay. um yeah nicole bolas has been a mainstay through the entire magic story. He has been killed before. He yeah. has come back. And so it's a whole like thing that he's like, I'm getting us, getting us both out of here. We're going to go die here together. So, cause so we don't ruin any more lives with our dragon mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um, that is, that is the, the wrap up. I left the, the war of the spark as that story is called on a cliffhanger um, in our last episode and it wrapped up and to have the rest of the stories make sense, you have to know how it ends Um, to have the rest of these stories also make sense. I have to fill you in on some of the details of new Phyrexia. Um, I left that as a fun, like a book note at the end of those episodes, but the details of that um, story matter to the rest of the story i'm going to tell you today um so in the previous episodes i told you about miradin the plain karn created whole cloth so he could play god for a little bit and see what managing a plane entailed um it's an entirely met metallic plane he created it out of metal um and it more or less went fine for a while So he left to wander the multiverse for a bit, and that is where things went wrong. Uh, Two main issues arose. The first, unbeknownst to Karn, was um, he was corrupted with, he was infected, I'm sorry, with the corrupting Phyrexian oil. It is the material that turns people and things into Phyrexians. Um, So as he built Mirrodin, especially it's like Golem and other artificial helpers that he made, to be his eyes and ears and feet on the ground when he's planeswalking elsewhere. Um, Those all were made with the Phyrexian oil, like, inherently in them. Um, So he built the whole plane with a lurking Phyrexian influence. Uh, The second issue that arose was the Mending. Following the Mending, Karn, also infected with this oil suddenly could not fight off its influence its influence on him as unconsciously as he was able to in the past. So when he returned to Mirrodin to find a Phyrexian invasion had begun, 
um, he had a, he felt a compulsion to help the Phyrexians and rule over the Phyrexians, even as he understood the dangers of the Phyrexians on his planet. So did he know that he was corrupted at this point then? When he came back and saw Phyrexians there, he yeah. kind of put two and two together. Okay. And um, he starts to like hear voices from oh yeah like not being able to fight it off and he start like has this like mm -hmm. he does the like Jekyll and Hyde thing where he'll like yeah be Phyrexian for a bit and he'll snap out of him he's like no I can't and then like okay it was fighting. a real like I shouldn't give Sephiroth the black materia I'm gonna give Sephiroth the black yes. materia got it yes just um, like that that was for me that was for me Todd. <laughs> that yes. was just for that was just for Andrew um it is important to note that at this point, the Phyre Phyrexian corruption, the process of turning people Phyrexian called completion, cannot happen to planeswalkers. <laughs> Sorry. You have to climax to become a Phyrexian. Why, why have we ruined the word completion on this podcast? <laughs> because we were all teenage boys once. Time. Man, the Phyrexians can only reach completion if you make eye contact. <laughs> um, but... Um, fire, uh, planeswalkers cannot be made fully Phyrexian. So, like, while Karn through, through, while, yeah, while Karn fights off the Phyrexian oil, it is never able to fully, like, take control of him, even, like, when he is at its most influenced by it. Um, so this brings us to some of the characters from this set that I need to introduce you to for the rest of these stories to make sense. Uh, the first is Tezzeret. A selfish, conniving planeswalker who can manipulate metal and artifacts. Picture below. Um, he has an arm entirely made up entirely of a magical rare metal called Ethereum. This was named this before the cryptocurrency. He's, was. A, <laughs> he's a cryptomancer. Love it. Um, and due to his own series of failures, he is enslaved by Nicole Bolas through almost the entirety of the last story I told you. Um, he comes to Mirrodin looking for rare artifacts to help with the previous plot for Nicole Bolas, but he finds Phyrexians instead. Um, Nicole Bolas, never letting an opportunity pass him by, tells Tezzeret to, you know, form a relationship with these new Phyrexians, keep an eye on them, but not do anything for now. Um, Wait, hold on, sorry. You said keep an eye on these new Phyrexians. Now I yes. feel like I remember the last time we talked about it, talked about this. Was there a nation called New Phyrexia? So the whole plane of Mirrodin is now New Phyrexia. Okay, got it. All right. I cool. used new Phyrexians as like two separate words because these are mm -hmm. in fact new They're colonists. They're colonists. They're colonizing they Phyrexians. Yes. Mm. They're fresh. They're, They're fresh. They're new in town. Yeah. <laughs> How um, many more and weird it gets worse. <laughs> How many more weird references worse. can we make? Um, so Tezzeret does that, as far as Nicole Bolas can tell, but he also does more than that and tries to work the Phyrexians to his own ends, namely breaking free of Nicole Bolas's control. Um, 
So he spends the interludes between his other appearances negotiating with the Phyrexians and ends up following the events of War of the Spark, um, offering access to the planner portal that he houses in his arm in exchange for getting this planner portal out of him. Um, he installed the planner portal in his arm to steal it and bring it to Nicole Bolas. It's also killing him, which is why he wants it out of his arm. Nicole Bolas was like keeping that destructive force at bay, but with Nicole Bolas gone, Tezzeret isn't strong enough to like not be destroyed by it now. So he's negotiating with the Phyrexians to get it out, which okay. is bad for everybody. It's is it bad? What is the implication of him succumbing to this portal energy? Is he like a, oh, like him, a walking so bomb or him succumbing to the portal energy is just him die? He's gonna oh, die. Okay. The, okay. the Phyrexians having access to any kind of interplanar yep. travel is what's bad That's for what's everybody. Bad. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next set of characters I want I need to introduce are the five Praetors. Praetors. If you can think of a better way to pronounce that word, I've never heard it pronounced in real life. But that is, is what it is. Is it P-R-A-E or P-R-E-A? P-R-E-A-T-O-R-S. Right. Praetors? Um, like creators, but with a P? It's possible. Mm. I don't know. I think um, either. Magic the Gathering spells it as P-R-A-E-T-O-R. Oh, is it? So I think it's yeah. Praetor. Praetor. P-R-A-E. Okay. Um, so Karn made Mirrodin with five artificial suns that are the source for all the mana on the plane. Uh, because it's an artificial plane, there aren't locales naturally imbued with mana like there are on other planes so to make like the life and magic happen he had to do these five suns mm -hmm. um so when the phyrexians started spawning out of the oil on mirrodin instead of being mainly black aligned like they were on their home plane and when we saw them first they were created under each of the five colors of mana depending on the sun they were under when they were spawned now, so, Kyle, this feels like a flimsy excuse to make Phyrexians an entire booster or entire booster series. You wouldn't be wrong about that. Andrew. <laughs> However, it also is cool as hell. It is cool as hell. It is very yeah, cool. yeah. It's a it is a flimsy excuse to be like, how can we make Phyrexians more than just black? Um, but we out of it, we get all five colors of Phyrexians, which yeah. leads, which is some cool stuff. Um, so. This caused the, f the new Phyrexians to form five factions on the plane that all ultimately want the same goal of making mm -hmm. anything and everything Phyrexian, but now they all have different motivations for doing so, and this causes some infighting between the factions. One of them is orange, and it can there can only be one of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Second Green Lantern joke we've had today. It sure is. <laughs> Um, so at the head of these five factions, then, are the five Phyrexian Praetors, uh, the most powerful Phyrexian of their faction. Uh, they work together at this point to try and fully complete and transform Karn to make him the new father of machines and their leader, but ultimately their infighting and disagreement is their weakness and, and their downfall, and they fail to fully, like transform Karn into a Phyrexian and he breaks out and gets away to 
gather an army to fight another day. But we need to know these five Praetors because they come back in the story and they're super duper cool. Um, so first we have Elish Norn, leader of the White Faction. Um, picture below. Elish Norn believes in awesome. This, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, this thing, this person's head is uh, like it looks like an axe. Like its yeah. head is an axe. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, Elish Norn believes in a strict adherence to the original teachings of Yogmoth. Uh, complete and total conversion of all living beings, even if constitutionalist. It means... Yeah, she's yes. <laughs> a true constitutionalist. Um, um, so she believes a complete and total conversion of all living beings, even if it means ripping the flesh from their bones and reassembling it into a creation worthy of Phyrexia. Uh, a true Supreme Court justice, then. To a true <laughs> Supreme Court justice. Um, like the other white fire, <clears throat> she has these striking ceramic metallic features that cover twisted bare flesh and sinew. Um, she is a religious fanatic. She believes she is saving these beings that she's like ripping apart and mashing back together and turning into Phyrexians. Um, and as of this, um, as of current, where the cur story currently stands, she is currently the Phyrexian leader with the title Mother of Machines, ruling New Phyrexia. Um, Todd, a constitutionalist, is a very apt approach, <laughs> uh, apt um, observation of what because what constitutionalists I wrote here. are short-sighted monsters. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and she's like, and like the the other four praetors all kind of think she's a little crazy, and like mm -hmm. she she thinks she is. She she has delusions where she like thinks she sees Yogmoth or is talking to him and believes she's carrying out his exact will. So I love I, her. spot on. I, I wanna pledge so my I wanna pledge my loyalty <laughs> to <laughs> Elish Norn. So I, I can see the images coming up. These are all just Doom Eternal bosses that's yeah. all these yeah. are yeah these are all bosses from it, doom eternal my brain the thing that my brain went to if destiny was directed by guillermo del toro <laughs> right that's it's, it's all got this good. like this great intersection of like technology and body horror yeah. and demons and it yeah. all meets right there in the center really mm -hmm. fucking cool so next we have uh gin gataxis uh Jin is the leader of the blue-aligned Phyrexians, and he sees his purpose as seeking to seeking the perfect form for all Phyrexians to assume. Um, it is not enough for the Phyrexians just to transform and complete all beings, but to turn them into the most perfect beings they can in the process. His obsession with perfection goes so far um, as to believe that Yogmoth deserved to lose, um, or that his loss was a net positive for Phyrexia, because the fact that he lost means that he was not, in fact, perfect, and therefore would have held Phyrexia back. Um, he is also one of the only Praetors to have studied the other, some other colors of mana, and uh, things that would be considered occult to the Phyrexians, like bringing things 
back i don't i don't know exactly what that is but he has studied things outside of like machinery and necromancy and um those main focuses of phyrexia um since jingataxis he's a he's a very bendy clawy scientist man he is <laughs> i wouldn't have used man at hell. the end of that oh come on there's there's clearly gendered features in this giant metal <laughs> <Shut> up, <man. laughs> see the way his chin points down right, that means he's a yeah. man that's that that yeah sure you can yeah. gender this monster uh Jin, for all and for what it's worth everything i that refers to Jin Kataxis refers to him as a he um elish norn is always referred to as a she so i do think most of these are gender um still wouldn't have called it a, a, like i think yeah never mind it's not <laughs> this is a dumb conversation to argue about oh sure it is um shaol red is the black aligned praetor and has one ultimate goal to enslave everything um believers to the sure. cause will serve and non-believers will be made into believers now oh, this boy. is a, this is a dark souls boss yeah and it's, yes. it's yeah. such it's such a dark souls boss that this dark souls boss already exists yeah and her and her name is uh the one of the daughters of chaos that we talked about on the dark souls episode <laughs> i i hope that in the ultimate like cutscene for this for uh Shieldred, that she has a voice, but then I want her body mouth to also have a voice. Like I want her voice to be like, <laughs> "You've come into my lair," and the body voice is meh, 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 meh. I don't know if the yeah. body, if the bigger body has a voice or not. I do know. I already she, did it for you, Kyle. She I, can, I don't need to repeat now. again. She can separate from the lower body and what? the two can act independently of each other. Oh. I just posted Chaos Witch Kalog. Uh, oh, yeah. Or Quaylog from oh, Dark yeah. Souls 1. It's the same thing. It's, it's the same. These mm -hmm. are the just Corporate two, asks you to pictures. look at the same pictures and they're the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Shoalred was the first Praetor to form on Mirrodin. Black being, you know, the core color of Phyrexia. She spawned kind of first. Um, and she still kind of maintains the most intimate knowledge of Mirrodin. Um, she currently serves Elish Norn, though, who um, kind of wiped out her domain or realm or whatever for plotting against her. But since their goals ultimately do align, she's just kind of waiting it out and biding her time for the right moment to try and take power back from Elish Norn. Um, from there we go to... Vorinclex, the green-aligned Praetor, um, who only believes in the most extreme version of only the strong will survive, or what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or pain is weakness leaving the body, or any other platitudes you heard from a coach or gym bro. Our sport is your sports punishment. That's, yeah. 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 Um, he seeks to make Phyrexia as hostile and violent as possible, as he believes that is what will ultimately result in the strongest Phyrexians. Um, he he despises sentience and intelligence, and he feels it only serves to separate Phyrexians from their ultimate goal of consumption. Also another Supreme Court judge. Also another <laughs> Supreme Court judge. <laughs> Good. Um, he, is, he has no ultimate goals of his own other than to make things kill each other and, you know, 
force evolution, quote unquote, that way. Um, so he is off, often the most easily manipulated by the you don't say yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's he he's the big dumb. He's, he's just mad because he's got he's got little baby arms. He's got like his big arms. <laughs> he's got these little baby arms. He does. He has little. He has little I'm, mantis. I'm sure while he, when he gets mad, those get flailing, and <laughs> the other praetors make fun of him. And I get that. Oh, uh, they do make fun of him. I I did read the stories as these were coming out at the time, and they they just treat him like a big big idiot and then have him oh here comes vorinclex again hey vorinclex why don't you do more push-ups no not with those arms (laughs) and your baby arms (laughs) um so finally we move on to the red aligned praetor urabrask um urabrask is interesting in that he still totally feels the compulsion to complete and make everything phyrexian um and believes that that would ultimately be better for everyone transformed. But he also has shown a reluctance to assimilate um, other beings into Phyrexia against their will. Um, he's still like plenty violent and gleeful in his duties when the situation calls for it. But um, he kind of watches over the like furnace realm, the furnace layer of Mirrodin where the Phyrexians kind of collect and process all the raw materials they need to create other Phyrexians, um, and has allowed unassimilated Mirrodins, the people of Mirrodin, to exist there unbothered as long as they don't interfere with the Phyrexians in any way. Um, it's because red is like the, the mana color of like freedom and individuality, mostly, <laughs> so... Um, we don't know his motivations. He still does ultimately work to make everything Phyrexia, but he doesn't take orders well from the other Praetors. He'll, he'll leave and just go back to the furnace layer when he gets tired of hearing what they have to say. And he does seem to have a reluctance of some sort to the like colonizing side of Phyrexia. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And he's like a, long snaky thing with legs and arms but he's yeah, like i'm, I'm having a hard time f- tail i'm having a hard time determining what is the head is it the t- the big talon is that is that the head so it feels the, like. the big yeah. center thing is the top of the head and then underneath you can kind of see a okay. lower jaw mm-hmm. and then that is a front arm in front with a mm-hmm. second front arm above and then like legs and a tail behind him Okay. It's like a, a combination between the alien from Alien vs. Predator or the Alien series and also the new dragon motorcycle from Pokemon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. This is a That's bit so of a good. deep pull, but have any of you guys watched Love, Death, and Robots? Mm-mm. I have not. No. Okay, well, this looks exactly like uh, a character from Love, Love, Death, and Robots season one called Sunny from Sunny's Edge. That's oh. nothing for any of you, but someone out there. That's for you. No, don't don't wait when you go into those things. Andrew did a Materia joke earlier, or a, a Sephiroth joke earlier. Yeah, you're, you're allowed right. to do whatever you I'm want. I'm sorry, to. more people have played Final Fantasy VII than have seen Love, Death, and Robots. Not That's out of this true. source pool that we have on this podcast, Andrew. Yeah, according to this this <sighs> sample focus size, group, this sample size, mm-hmm. those that those audiences are the exact same exactly size. the same. Sure. Yeah. Um. So with that, we are caught up 
to like what you need to know to go into the rest of the main story here. So we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with like the new story in Magic the Gathering since 2019. Actually, this brings up a funny story that I'd like to tell you guys. Um, Manscaped sent us all the performance package 4.0, which was very cool of them and included a lawnmower 4.0, which was awesome. However, I did already have a lawnmower 3.0, which I had been using upon my giblets for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And typically I go to the barber, they do my undercut, they cut my hair, they trim my beard, they don't trim my balls, that's a me thing, but they do the whole situation. That would be wild if you're just like, <laughs> a barber hey, for your balls? For you. You're gonna tell me that doesn't exist somewhere? Oh, that yeah. exists oh somewhere. no, it super exists yeah. somewhere. Anyway, I don't always have time to go to the barber, and when I was still looking for a job and doing a bunch of job interviews, I had a job interview come up and I didn't have time to get a haircut and so my wonderful girlfriend Maddie offered to trim my undercut for me and I was like yeah great that would be awesome you can use my beard trimmer to shave my undercut which went really well and then she went in front of me to brush out the razor that she had used and I was like wait that doesn't look like my beard trimmer (laughs) you used the trimmer for my head right and not the trimmer for my balls Right. Uh, And the answer to that right was wrong. And that was when I used a ball (laughs) trimmer on my head and it worked. Not that Manscaped's telling us to do that. Not telling us to do that. No. But you could. It's not a recommended use. It would be called an off-label use, I think. Be an off-label use. Oh, yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Did they send us any warranty information? Does it? No, we are not encouraging any (laughs) off-label use. We are, however, encouraging that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code debate this, all one word, at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code word debate this all one word. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped, not off-label uses of their products. I will say, for what it's worth, they did just release recently a beard trimmer that I have ordered. It is on its way, and I look forward to telling you how it goes, which would not be off-label That would be use. a more appropriate be uh, tool to use for F- that That would be FDA-approved utilization of that product, yes. I think we should end this ad. The trimmings catching newspaper that we all got as well, I found that after Todd pointed that out, that that, that was the purpose of it, and works really well yeah collects it's better than using a towel better than turning up a towel it is better than using a towel. you got a plie man it's it's you got (laughs) a plie matt i don't have to plie anymore i can just stand in a comfortable position i will only plie when i want to you won't be the one that tells me when i plie as an adult (laughs) you know who else won't tell you when to plie as an adult manscaped Uh, oh i didn't have a line to read And then I, I was going to say you can trim your own behind. Okay. But this is a ball shaving. You can. Hat. Hey, yeah, it's another I mean. sensitive area where that ceramic blade is going to um, help reduce nicks and cuts, though. The lawnmower 4.0 does include a grundle light. So if you do need to trim your own behind, <laughs> yeah. you could probably do that. My dad got the weed whacker, which is the nose hair trimmer, which I have used it on my nose because I prefer to keep hairs outside of my nose. And it was lovely yeah i 
had a nose hair trimmer for a long time and I started using the weed whacker and what I like, it's the design allows you like a lot of nose hair trimmers. They only go one way and you kind of like manage, you have to negotiate the right direction, go with the grain. (laughs) You know what I mean? I really like the design of the weed whacker because you just kind of jam it up there and just like kind of like really do. It does the job. It's basically just like a COVID test, but you just kind of, you know, get a little less farther from your brain and just kind (laughs) of do it and it's done. But it's really comfortable. Uh, you don't feel it in there. Yep. You should try it. Yeah, yeah, just just try it. Yeah, just do it. It doesn't feel like a COVID test. I promise. <laughs> no. Look yourself in the mirror and ask: Is it in yet? With the Manscaped Weed Whacker, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Debate This. All one word at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code Debate This. All one word. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, we are back. Um, so this is all new new content since 2019 to the Magic the Gathering story. Um, we are going to start right out of the gate um, in 2019 again with three sets that came out back to back. Throne of Eldraine, Theros Beyond Death, and Zendikar Rising. I am lumping these all these three together because they... They happened right after um, the War of the Spark, and much like the MCU in Phase 4, they don't seem to advance the story much, but they (laughs) have some good character beats in them. Um, So following the events of War of the Spark, the Planeswalk, the Gate Gate Watch all kind of go their separate ways for some time apart, and so wizards can, can react to the backlash that they got for the conclusion to War of the Spark. Mm-hmm. Um, fans were not happy with War of the Spark, I learned. Oh, really? um, partially because the biggest one was um, War of the Spark, the novel for it, went out of its way to retcon Liliana and Nyssa, who had been forming a romantic relationship through the course of other stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they retconned Chandra... Who did I say? I said Liliandra. It's Chandra. Liliandra. Oh, okay. It's Chandra and Nissa. They retconned Liliana with a very weird, awkward line that said something like, "Like Chandra looked at looked at Nissa and like while she felt feelings for her, knew she could never be attracted to her in the same way she could a man or something." Uh, Fans were lit. That yeah, super it was, sucks. It was that gross. Sucks. It was weird. And like. So, what did you get from that? What did you gain from that? Right. Um, yeah. Hasbro could market these characters in countries that were less yeah. LGBTQ friendly. Well, that doesn't the... that doesn't positively affect me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Wizards kind of doesn't advance the plot so that they can process what fans told them, quote unquote, about the War of the Spark novel. So these sets are fun, but they are some filler ass filler. And introduce or round out some planeswalkers that haven't had much spotlight yet. So we start in Eldraine, the Grim Brothers meets Arthurian legend plane. Um, it's half Knights of the Round Table type stories and half like let's put as many weird grim fairy tale type things into one set as possible. Um it doesn't it does introduce twin planeswalkers that share a spark so they can only planeswalk together 
Um, I'll talk about them later. Um, It introduces a fey planeswalker that broke competitive play for a bit. And it sends Garuk, our big green um, hunter planeswalker, on a quest to rid him of this curse that he's had for a few years at this point. Um, It's a fun, it's a very fun set that is like dripping in flavor but you gotta catch up to it gotta wait for the manga to catch up I, gotta we, wait for them we we're waiting it. for the manga to catch up yeah. yeah um so then we go to bet to theros beyond death um this is our return to the greek myth plane theros um it's got you know greek gods and and legends and stories and an underworld and all that um and it doesn't have very much in the way of a coherent like serial story because this was when Wizards was like really recalibrating after War of the Spark. So they like didn't release a novel. They didn't write a whole ton of story articles for the main site where stories normally go. It's just kind of a collection of vignettes. The main thing that does happen here is um, we the story brings back a the soldier planeswalker elspeth last time the story went to theros she died um she she fought the gods and killed one but ultimately the gods won um but because theros has this like underworld aspect to it she existed as like this underworld being in the magic equivalent of the river Styx, and was able to be Hmm. brought back through the events of uh, this Theros Beyond Death uh, set. I mean, that's pretty cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that is neat. I like a good tie-in that seems like it was intentional. Um, I do think it will be end up being intentional because Elspeth has a history fighting Phyrexians. Um, her home plane had um, been invaded by Phyrexians. She first planes walked when, while she was captured and tortured by Phyrexians so and and like one of her big reoccurring things is she keeps having nightmares of the time she was um kidnapped and tortured by the Phyrexians so I think she will be relevant Um, later Kyle remind me because it's been four years the actual spark is that is have is is having a spark like a mutation or is that like a is that like you're given a power from another worldly patron it is more of a mutation. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, so from there, we the next set is Zendikar Rising, which takes us back to Zendikar, dubbed the Adventure Plane. Um, and we see Zendikar recovering from the Eldrazi attack. Um, we kind of follow Nyssa around. This is her home plane, so she's back on Zendikar. Generally helping people out, helping different races of Zendikar rebuild. And um, we, she gets into an argument with Nahiri, another planeswalker native to this plane. Um, Nahiri was uh, like a, a stone mage. She crafted weapons and um, went a little crazy in the last episode. Um, and she gets in an argument with these two getting an argument over what, restoring Zendikar means. Um, Nyssa is inclined to kind of just like let 
the the native vegetation and people kind of just take over again and let have a very like natural overgrown kind of world where Nahiri wants to restore this ancient city of her people um kind of no matter what she um clears away a lot of the what spark what ignites this fight is Nahiri like comes in and just like burns a whole bunch of forest to be like this is where my city is going oh. everyone <laughs> already here be damned um so Nissa calls in Jace for backup but Jace shows up and kind of sides with Nahiri as well he's kind of like oh you've got a point like your people should have a city back if they're city people um and he decides to be and he kind of settles with Nahiri like I'll help you figure out how to rebuild your city you just got to do it in a way that like doesn't clear forests and destroy stuff that is already rebuilt because we're trying to rebuild this plane um so Nissa fights Jason Nahiri and um wins I think I don't remember exactly where, but she drives... I, oh, I do. She drives Jason Nahiri kind of off Zendikar for the time being. And then continues rebuilding. Yeah, there's Nahiri. She's cool. She makes, I like her. I like oh, yeah. her a lot. Yeah, she's sick. Yeah. Um, Her whole thing was in the last um, Innistrad. She w- went to Innistrad and got trapped in a prison by the vampire planeswalker Soren for like thousands and thousands of years. And she came out of that prison crazy. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I mean, who, As who, who among us? Whomst among us? Whomst among us? All right. So now we are back to some main story beats. Um, we are, this is now Kaldheim. Um, Kaldheim is the Norse myth plane. Um, it has, it is separated into 10 realms um i don't know exactly the nature of the 10 realms but there are 10 realms kind of like um the nine realms if you think of like asgard as a part of a realm you can you can activate some stuff and people can travel between these realms but it mm-hmm. requires some amount of magic but <clears throat> non-planeswalkers can move between these realms um so this story opens with Vorinclex crashing on the plane, having traveled through Tezzeret's planner portal. Um, I've mentioned before that the planner portal can only send inorganic material to other planes, and this time is no different. Vorinclex arrives on Kaldheim as, like, his metallic skull and skeleton and, like, just crashes in a forest and, like, can't do anything for a bit. Um, until there is a, a, a stag comes too close and, like, kind of sniffs his skeleton and Vorinclex sure. is able to like use use a bit of magic to kill it and like absorb its flesh to start rebuilding mm-hmm. his own anatomy which is pretty cool um he then further gains mass by like killing every living thing he comes across as he moves to find civilization and like his ultimate goal there um he is trying to take over Kaldheim in the name of Phyrexia, but also to learn kind of the secrets of how the people of Kaldheim are able to move between their ten realms. 
Um, Vorinclex encounters the Pain Mage and Devil Planeswalker Tybalt. Um, with Pain a picture Ma- of him here. Pain Mage is my favorite Metal Gear Solid boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tybalt is is a, he's a human from Innistrad turned devil. Um, he tortured. He worked in a like lab where uh, like Frankenstein esque lab. Where he tortured people until his planeswalker spark ignited, and then he went to more planes so he could torture new, new and different people, and learn new ways to torture people. I was wondering, Kyle, where I've seen this before because this art looks familiar, and I had to look it up. And I'm like, oh, I have this planeswalker. Yeah, this, you... but like the 2012 version. Yeah, because this is when I was. This is part of the original one. Was when I played very heavily. Yes. Um. So Vorinclex runs into Tybalt on. Kaldheim and infects him with Phyrexian oil and uses that infection to blackmail him into working for him. So he kind of says like, hey, I'll I'll give you the antidote to this Phyrexian oil if you help me out. And the way he wa- he asks him to help him out is just to create a distraction on the plane. Go distract the gods for a bit so I can figure out how godhood and these 10 realms work here. So Tybalt is this steampunk devil that we're looking at right here. Yes. Vorinclex is the guy with the tiny, the tiny arms from before. Gotcha. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. He's got, he's got big drama, drama uh, club energy. Yes. He does. Big drama club energy. Too many belts. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. All the belts. Yeah. Um, So the way, Tybalt creates this distraction or goes about creating this distraction is he captures and and locks up the god of lies from Kaldheim named Valky. It's it's Loki. He kidnaps yeah. and and imprisons Loki basically and then takes his place and pretends to be him and then just causes havoc. Um as Valky, yeah. <laughs> as Valky, Tybalt got to do one of his favorite pastimes creating chaos and in this chaos Vorinclex is able to find kind of the core of the ten realms the spot where the ten realms all meet and the source for all of the gods of this plane's godhood um a tree called the god tree um sure instead yeah. of the world tree the god tree it, that makes it, sense. Is, yeah, right. it is the world tree but yeah. the god tree um it is a tree just at the center of these ten realms, steeped in magic and mystery, and it is the source of a material called Tyrite, which is able to turn new people into gods if they use it in the right way. Um, it also has... It, Tyrite is also linked to being able to traverse the, the ten realms here. Um, Vorinclex and Tybalt are ultimately driven off Kaldheim, but not before Vorinclex steals a piece of Tyrite and takes it back to New Phyrexia to be studied. Cool. Um, yeah. From here, we go to another filler set. Um, <laughs> the next set is Strixhaven. Um, Strixhaven is a school of magic on the plane Archivios. Um which Archivios was formed when two planes kind of crashed into each other and merged to become one. Um, it is very, like, messy and imperfect. 
So it has two suns, one from each of these planes, but it also has these areas of intense conflicting mana called snarls. And what I mean by conflicting Mm. mana is like the colors in magic kind of have colors they work with and then as such colors they don't work with. So like red and black would be considered complementary colors but red and blue would be considered conflicting colors because the two ideologies kind of are at ends, at odds with each other. So Kaldheim has these very rich wells that are of mana specifically in these like conflicting color pairs called snarls. Um, Out of these snarls came five elder dragons, each of one of the two opposing pairs, Matt, your name up at the top is one is the green black dragon, um, Witherbloom. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's a really yeah. good name Wither for Bloom a green is black. An incredible name. Yeah. yeah. Um. So m- this this story all happens millennia, millennia, millennia after that initial like crashing when the dragons have kind of calmed down and built. A magic school to teach <laughs> magic users how to harness the unique mana configurations of this plane. Which everyone's which one doing of, a magic school. Everyone's yeah. doing a magic school. Which one of the dragons teach vortex warp? Which one of the my, dragons? Teach, my favorite. Uh, my favorite uh, ability in five e. I gotta find. <laughs> I gotta find the five dragons real quick. But okay. um, there it would be the red blue one, sure. whatever his name is. Oh no, yeah, it'd be the red blue. That, for for anyone who isn't Todd. That right. joke is related to the new spells that when Dungeons and Dragons released Strixhaven, a, uh, a curriculum of chaos, because there are a handful of new spells that were released in 20, uh, 2021. Yeah. So maybe late 21. Yeah. They were released Vort- in pretty close into conjunction with the right. set. Like these, ca- those came out um, at about the same v- time. Vortex warp as a spell single-handedly won our, uh, the Curse of Strahd campaign. <laughs> Vortex yes. Warp saved Vortex two warp people's lives. Is the most the most fun and not broken spell to come out of Strixhaven because there yeah. is some some nasty stuff that I would as DM probably yeah. be like, hey, can I convince you not to yeah. take could, that spell? Because it's bad. Not. <laughs> Looking at you, the barbs, who is the bar- barbs, silvery barbs. Yeah, you basically um, like force a reroll on things, and it's not uh, important. Anyway, um, so like I said, this is kind of almost a filler set. Not much happens here story-wise. Um, it's a, a Liliana-focused story, though. She comes to Strixhaven and gets a position as a professor at the school under the name Serafina Onyx, um, hoping to use the school's resources to find a way to bring Gideon back to life. Um, she feels really guilty that he sacrificed himself for her because she's... A necromancer who's always looked out for herself and now she like feels bad about it um we start to see a change of her character more though um taking on like white influence from gideon when they were on dominaria together and now she's taking some green influence from the wither bloom branch of strixhaven where which is like the the faction she's a professor under um she stops a plot from an ancient Arcavosian order to destroy Strix to destroy the school, and then is basically given tenure there 
uh, with a couple caveats. She reveals her name and teaches now as Professor Liliana Vess, and she um, agrees to teach there, provided she is able to set up a necromancy branch at the school. Um, <laughs> that's, sure. that's, that's the writer <laughs> that was in the contract. Yes. Yeah. Um, she gives up trying to resurrect Gideon, instead decides to honor his memory by being a more responsible necromancer. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um real turn of heart right there yeah sure real real change um so now we go to more filler sets um we this is the first one here is adventures in the forgotten realms which some of you might recognize as the place where D happens um magic did a DD crossover set finally players had asked for it forever or hadn't <laughs> asked for it forever depending on what type of player they were um Hasbro said, hey, why aren't you putting our most profitable uh, branch into our second most profitable branch? And they made the D&D set. Um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms happens in... um, The Forgotten Realms is the main location of Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time the two franchises cross over in a meaningful way for magic at least as todd mentioned rule books for D based on magic properties had been a thing for most of fifth edition but this is the first time it went the other way and we got we got D in our magic um there are stories here they're mostly a magic the gathering retelling of stories in the dungeons and dragon canon this this set is not considered canon to the overall Magic the Gathering story. So they made a D&D set. They made Forgotten Realms a plane in the multiverse, but none of this is considered canon. It's just a, like, fun thing they did. Um, Putting from, in a picture of uh, a card that was yes. created. Tiamat, the dragon, Perfect. the elder dragon god. Yeah, so the is, evil one of the two. Tiamat, oh yeah, you're right. Um, Bahamut mm-hmm. is the good one. Yeah, because Tiamat's the chromatic one. Uh, bah- Bahamut appears also, but as a planeswalker, that oh. when you like activate its big ability, um, makes the makes a dragon token. That is Bahamut. Then I think he's like I don't remember what the planeswalker name is. Or I'd have the to look it up flavor too. text on Tiamat just to drive the point home. Quote. My children will rule over all. So yeah, the bad one. The bad one. The bad one. Um, Grand Master of Flowers, yeah, aka Legendary is. Planeswalker Bahamut. Yeah, Wild. And he, and, he ca- and he casts Terra Flare on everybody. Is that is another Final Fantasy That's reference? That's another, another Final Fantasy thing. See, if you're going to get me, you need Peace, Love, and Robot references. <laughs> <laughs> this episode uh, is starting to develop a smell. I think we need to move <laughs> a little more quickly. It is, it is the Magic the Gathering episode, so it, it's appropriate. I do love that that's what they did with Bahamut, though. Like, that's, yeah, that's fun. It's really cool. It is cool. Um, for those of you who aren't looking at this, the Bahamut represented card as a planeswalker that as it like powers up become turns into a dragon as it like crosses the threshold of of power it's um, definitely got big energy of like a golden dragon in these kind of lores would be disguised as a human yeah, yeah. from like the Feywild and yeah then, the witcher yeah. it's like the first story in the witcher in the second book of the witcher does that 
Sure. Anyway, yes. let's move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so after after Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, we go to uh, we return to Innistrad for two sets. They do two sets back to back at Innistrad. This is more filler, uh, but we get to see Innistrad now return to its gothic horror roots and recover from the attack from Emrakul, the Eldrazi Titan. Um, it. The story here revolve the first one, Midnight Hunt, revolves around a clash between the human and werewolf populations on Innistrad as they try and like redefine their territories or whatever. And the second story, Crimson Vow, um, deals with like the power struggle between vampire families and ultimately results in a vampire wedding, which was uh, how they. <laughs> What they marketed the whole set on. They, like, sent out wedding invitations to card shops, and, like, it was a whole thing. For a specific kind of fan. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, Fun stuff, but no Planeswalker shenanigans that tie into our main story. Um, So from there, we go to the next set is Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Um, which is one of my favorite sets in recent memory. Uh, so for context here, Kamigawa is the quote unquote feudal, feudal and mythic Japan, uh, plane. Um, it was introduced years and years ago, back close to when I started playing. Um, it is the set that introduced like ninjas and samurai and monks into magic. All the cool things you associate with feudal Japan they really drilled in on like how do we do feudal japan right and they got it they did a really good job of it it was not a popular plane so this um, it was not a popular set or block like okay. fan drop off during the kamigawa first kamigawa block was high however it had been kind of a cult favorite since it came out for years and years and years, fan, people who stuck with the game asked, like, when are we going back to Kamigawa? And the answer was always, we probably aren't. Didn't sell well. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the way these things work. So when they announced it, it was a big deal. And the way they kind of convinced themselves or Hasbro or whoever they had to convince to return to Kamigawa was they jumped centuries into the future. And now instead of being feudal Japan... It's like anime Future City Japan ripped oh. right out of like Akira or uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So there are still ninjas and samurai, but they're like techno ninjas and samurai. And nice. fuck yeah, there are mechs here now. They have, they have a whole <laughs> yeah. set of mechs in this set. Great. Here's and my wallet. Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. Um. This set was the Neon. Neon Dynasty, the new Kamigawa set, was immediately a fan favorite, went over very well, and it ties back into our story. Um, so Kamigawa is another plane like Kaldheim that has different realms within it. In this case, it has a spirit realm and a natural realm. Um, the whole story, the first time in Kamigawa was a um, power-hungry, the power-hungry emperor stole a spirit from the spirit realm to try and make himself immortal and the spirits attacked the mortal plane um 
So now we have these two planes living in harmony. It's a future city, techno future city. It's great, except the blue praetor of New Phyrexia, Jin Gataxis, finds his way to Kamigawa to study the nature of these two realms to try and crack the code of planeswalking Phyrexians. Um, he kidnaps some of these spirits, the Kami, that have manifested in the natural world and begins to experiment on them to try and learn how they were able to manifest in the way that they do. In doing so, he does crack the code and is able to complete and transform the first ever Phyrexian Planeswalker um, without them losing their spark, keeping their soul, um, and he transforms Tamiyo the, the Moon Mage, a Kamigawa native, into the first Phyrexian Planeswalker uh, okay. picture below. It's pretty cool. Whoa, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. sick. Um, he tortures her, he keeps her kidnapped and tortures her forever and ever. Um, she is missing an arm in this picture that she has certainly had in previous appearances. And, um, it was awesome. We have a Phyrexian planeswalker. The thing we thought we, the thing we were told never could happen. I feel like never is a bold. Oh, it's always like, sentence. And it always means. It will happen when right when it needs to happen when when money dictates it needs when, to happen when yeah. money dictates. Um, so after Kamigawa, we do we return to Dominaria again. Uh, this time the set is called. Uh, we return to Dominaria for two sets. First in Dominaria United and the Brothers War. Um, Dominaria United shows a like Dominaria that is more or less rebuilt after centuries of the. Phyrexian War pre, um, from the previous episode. They're finally like more or less recovered from it. And then the Phyrexians show up there again. Um, everyone is sad. Everyone is unhappy about it. Karn starts like calling in all of the favors he has accrued over the years to be like, hey, Phyrexians are back in a big way. You all need to come back. The Gatewatch is summoned and... Um, it looks like they are going to like mount a strong force against the Phyrexians, except it is revealed that a Johnny Goldmane has also been transformed into a Phyrexian and is there on Dominaria Whoa. with all of them, part of their plans, and he okay. he attacks and is able to like split up the the group and break up their plans. Um, here is a Johnny as a Phyrexian. Um, you can't super see it. He's got like little tentacles coming out of his arms now too. He's got a like uh, an unhealed scar on his leg to show that like he is Time has passed. he is undead. <laughs> he's got like he's got the the metal muscles poking through his normal um his normal flesh and oh, he's yeah. a Phyrexian now. Yeah, that was really cool. You can yeah, see, yeah his like you yeah. can see his like his skin is tear is torn. Yes, uh, that is it's really neat. Do we know how he got uh, corrupted? I do not. I was not able. I don't think they have explicitly spelled out like how okay. he got corrupted. This uh, Dominaria United came out a few months ago, and then this next set, the Brothers War, 
came out a month ago. Like okay. this is all very, very recent. Gotcha. Um, so the Brothers War immediately follows Dominaria United. The Brothers War is the full story I told in the very first Magic the Gathering flavor text. Go back to that to get like a recap of the Brothers War. The reason it is a set now is that after learning the Phyrexians are back, Tefiri goes back in time to the Brothers War to observe and kind of learn like where we came from to get here. Maybe we'll learn something to stop them now. But he's back in time currently like mm-hmm. watching the first Phyrexian War unfold basically cool um which brings us to um the most current set i think as of this recording this set will have just come out um which is phyrexia all will be one um this is (laughs) really good name (laughs) yeah it is um this is the 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 set in this set the phyrexian plan to invade the multiverse happens um so what has happened is through learning how to transform planeswalkers into phyrexians and through and through studying the um the tyrite shard that vorin collects um, returns to phyrexia the phyrexians are able to create their own kind of corrupted version of the god tree but instead of connecting like different realms within one plane together, they are able to create this tree that connects hundreds of actual planes to new Phyrexia. And they are able to just send Phyrexians through, through this tree to other planes to attack. Um, so they start on Dominaria, um, the Gatewatch planeswalks to New Phyrexia to try and stop them from the inside, basically. And in the process, more planeswalkers become completed or turned into Phyrexians. Um, so as of now, this list is seven planeswalkers long, and it is it includes Ajani, Jace, Nahiri is completed nissa mm-hmm. is completed um tamyo and tybalt and there's a a, a gorgon planeswalker named vraska who was a love interest of jace's who is also completed um yeah um as of the 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 gatewatch hatches this plan to destroy new Phyrexia, destroy the entire plane of new Phyrexia. Um, they, the part of the reason we were on Dominaria for Dominaria United or, and one of the things Tefiri learned in going back in time is that there is a, um, artifact called the Stylex that has just been used to destroy entire planes in the past. It's like a cup, but it destroys planes somehow when you like, ring it i think if you like ring it like you do a a cup um so they recreate this stylex and take it to 
dom- um, new Phyrexia to try and essentially detonate it at the plane's core. Um, as they fight through is at, is how these other planeswalkers start getting picked off. Um, it starts with Nissa first, I believe. She kind of gets in. She rushes in, kind of gets in over her head and gets attacked by a a bunch of Phyrexians kidnapped and completed. Um, Jace gets infected by the, the corrupting oil and more slowly gets completed, but he is able to more or less remain himself and stay true to the cause up until the last minute. He carries this Stylex to the core He's right there and he's about to detonate it when Elspeth appears on the plane next to him, stabs him, takes the Stylex, and planes walks away. Oh, We fuck. don't know where or why. Um, oh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the Phyrexians activate uh, Realm Breaker, which is the name of their fake god tree that is connected to all these planes and start invading planes across the multiverse it's pretty cool it's yeah really cool it's tight it's also where our story the story ends mm-hmm. for today wow um i posted so something i had mentioned to kyle this might have been like a month ago but i just randomly got a commercial on youtube that was a trailer like there was just a Magic the Gathering trailer a couple months ago, and I like, I you know, I was I thought it was so cool, and it was like I remembered I so part of it is like it's the reveal that a Johnny is the is a bad guy is a sleeper yeah. agent, yeah. And I remember watching them like that's a Johnny, that's the big lion guy. Oh my god, he's a Phyrexian, <laughs> holy shit! And it was just like then I then I was like I have to know more about this. What is this? <laughs> um, I just put the link in the in the doc at the bottom. But oh, I, good. I thought it was like pretty cool. It's on par with you know like some of the like Apex Legends trailers. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Just there's hmm, yeah. definitely like a, there is definitely like a a a place like a like a I am always in for like a good cinematic trailer. Yes. You know, revealing yeah, absolutely. Your, you know, teasing and out they, your story. Like that's great. And they have certainly upped their the quality of their trailers sure. recently. Um, also, I put in that stupid vampire uh, the wedding, wedding announcement. The vampire wedding <laughs> invitation. I, I do not understand that card. That's so weird. Um, it flips over. And on the back is a... I think it turns in... Oh, it's a different... It's a different enchantment that does other things. But it flips back and forth between the two sides and does mm. different things based on how many creatures you have. Um, great comments, questions, thoughts on the story as a whole. You know, I feel like every time you, this is the third time you've talked about magic, the gathering, I'm always like, whatever, magic's fine. And I don't think it's that cool. And then every time you push it a little bit further, I'm like, this is pretty cool. If I was looking to just like drive spend all your money and yeah, yeah to spend yeah. all of my time and my money on a new complete obsession that would become a cornerstone of my life this is it yeah um, i i love the art i love the story and if there were to become fully put together shows of all of this i would consume it wholeheartedly 
Yeah. And I think oh, there is, is a series. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to mention. So Uh-oh. on on the the second episode, part two of the last Magic the Gathering uh, flavor text, I mentioned that um, the Wizards and Netflix had just struck a deal to have an animated series come to Netflix directed by the Russo brothers. Um, that has not yet happened. There's not been any news about that in the in the last four years. Um, Wizards not said any Wizards or Hasbro has not said it is on hold, but everyone mm-hmm. kind of suspects now it is in de- de- developmental hell sure. and probably not happening, which is sure. unfortunate. Hmm. Um, um yeah. I would add the same sentiments that Todd had of like mm-hmm. every time I hear about magic, it's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I wish. I wish for my own self selfishly that this cool stuff wasn't locked behind a card game because I'm never going to get into <laughs> yeah. a card game to get to all this yeah. stuff, uh, which is what makes these episodes fun. And it makes it fun to hear about and listen to because I do think it's really dope and the art is super sick. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's cool. And I'm glad that I can enjoy it from afar. And I'm glad that people have it because it's definitely like I see how cool the world is and every time I hear about it I get like lost in it and I want to know more and I I want to hear about more people and connect more dots but man I'm just not going to play a card game uh, and, and <laughs> yeah. therein lies the the grand fallacy of magic the gathering I suppose every time I play magic the gathering it's like smoking one cigarette yeah <laughs> and <laughs> And I play Magic the Gathering, and and afterward, I'm like, oh, my God, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more. (laughs) And I am like, I am so close to buying a Bic lighter and, you know, (laughs) five things of 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 cowboy killers and and American spirits. And I never I mean, when we were in Portland, you did. Well, I did. I did buy a Bic lighter and and a pack of... Uh, uh, American Spirits. No, I I did. We bought pre-made we decks, bought, and Kyle and I played, decks. and it was the optimal experience because Kyle and I played at a hookah bar, which is just like <laughs> objectively the best thing that you can do at a hookah bar. That is science has proven that. It, um, yeah. Very recently of this recording, um, I taught my wife uh, Magic <laughs> the Gathering, and she didn't hate it. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna get in. I don't think we're gonna be a Magic the Gathering family, but. <laughs> My my point being, I wish there. So the last time we did this, we did this. I mm-hmm. started playing Magic MTG Arena, and I was really into it for like a month, and then I was just getting like I was just getting fucking annihilated yeah. <laughs> left yeah. and right. They were mopping the floor with me, and I I I really wish there was a safe quote unquote safe and cost effective way to experience all of this like a single player game yes. or like a TV show mm. that I could just like inject all of the information experience the thing and then move on with my life. I understand that that's not profitable. It's not their business model. It's yet. not their business model, but um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's all very cool. Very good. Magic is best enjoyed with your, with your friends at, at a kitchen a table bar. or in a basement <laughs> or in a hookah bar. <laughs> Just like not not trying you know, not trying to do anything 
too mean, but just trying to see, like, hey, I got these cards. Let's see what happens. Like, it's it's a good way to hang out and and have something to do with your friends. Um, before we wrap up today, tonight, I would like to r- quickly run through a few planeswalkers that have been like present throughout the story, but um, for whatever reason, I haven't brought up yet. Um, they have these few have been here, um, like I said, for a little while now. They've done some stuff. They will probably pop up in future story arcs now that half the gate watches. <clears throat> Phyrexian now but um, like I said I just haven't had a good chance to bring them in to the main story and feel I should talk about them um, so our first one here is um, Kaya Kassir she's like a she's a ghost assassin from Ravnica nice um, a planeswalking ghost assassin um, she gained a reputation on Ravnica for being a ghost buster basically she's a ghost buster she's a ghost busting planeswalker um she has like weird ghostly powers she has like soul knives that she does and she's an assassin um she is in she is in the like war of the spark story um she helps carry out some of the plots um she is on um eldraine the the Arthurian legend plane. Uh, she is there like hunting Garuk at that point. She was summoned to hunt. She was hired to hunt down Garuk and like stop him from killing other planeswalkers. And after he like lifts his curse and doesn't want to kill planeswalkers anymore, she kind of leaves, leaves him, leaves him be. Um, she is on Kaldheim. She is sent there to, hunt down Vorinclex and stop him from doing whatever he is there to do. Um, She gets sent out to hunt down people often. It's a reoccurring theme of hers. And like I said, she's a ghost-busting planeswalker, which is really cool. Um, Our next one is simply known as the Wanderer. She's a white-aligned planeswalker. She's from Kamigawa, and she is currently the... Um, the Empress of Kamigawa. Um, through the events of Neon Dynasty, she gets put in the Emperor position of Kamigawa. She's a very she is a former samurai or is a samurai. She's very well trained in like sword combat. Um, she is constantly when she's first introduced in war of the spark, she hides her face all the time under like a a giant brim hat, but she is like an unstoppable swords, master planeswalker, just very cool. Um, and the next one is also from Kamigawa. He's a ninja from Kamigawa and the, the wanderers brother Kaito Shizuki, um, or not brother. I'm sorry childhood friend these two were kind of brought up together um the wanderer was raised to be a samurai and um kaito was there they sparred together trained together and eventually had a like fox and the hound esque (laughs) ending where like 
they had to go their separate ways and and fulfill their their separate roles but we'll always remember and fulfill mm. their roles in opposition to each other yeah but yeah. like we'll always be friends and be friendly to each other a really good fox and the hound reference yeah, yeah. right <laughs> um our next one here is luca um he is a like Beastmaster Planeswalker. He is one of the Planeswalkers that gets transformed into a Phyrexian um, and his Beast companion gets Phyrexianized as well. He, his, the thing that makes him special is that he is like bonded to this beast that is always with him and the, the, the beast is part of his um, Planeswalking. Like the, he, where he planeswalk, so too does this creature with him. This guy looks like he was created to be turned into a Phyrexian. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> like he yeah. he he is a very kind of red shirt planeswalker when he shows yeah. up. He is yeah. from um he is from Ikoria, which is like the kaiju plane. It's, we, of course, yeah. Sure. We had a kaiju plane. Yeah. He's one of the. He's from there. This um, kind of dumpy guy, like, oh, I, here's this nightmare hellish beast. Don't worry, I can control him. Hope nothing bad happens to me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'll leave. I'll leave my keys right outside this my pocket. Du -du -du. Yeah. Um, okay. He seems. He. It seems important that he was Phyrexianized. We should all know him, but he's a he's a beast master planeswalker. And then our last set here are. Um, Rowan and Will Kenrith. They are the twin planeswalkers I told you about earlier. They share a planeswalker spark. Um, every time they have shown up in the the set in, in Magic, they have been a double-sided card where you have to pick basically which planeswalker you want to play and then play accordingly. Um, Rowan is a fire mage. Will is an ice mage. They are twins. They do fire and ice things together. Um, they sure look like it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Um, they are from the Arthurian set or plane, Eldraine. Um, they then showed back up in Strixhaven where they took classes at the wizard school. Rowan did really, really, really well and learned a lot of cool, powerful fire magic. And Will also attended school at Strixhaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would uh, the the last one to keep in mind, and I we have her picture up earlier is Elspeth. Um, she's probably going to be our like new white mainstay character now that Gideon is dead. Um, it is very likely that. Rowan will eventually be like our a new mainstay red planeswalker and um Kaya the the ghost assassin will be a new black planeswalker not that any I think any of those characters are going away permanently like Gideon did but I suspect they will kind of slot them in and give the older characters a break um cool that's it yeah Sick, dude. Kyle, I gotta say, I am impressed by your ability to 
piece all this shit together. I know <laughs> right. that we've done a lot it's of these impressive. flavor texts, and I know that like you know Todd and I can probably tell you the MCU and release order. And Andrews played every Final Fantasy in both chronological release order and the order that the numbers go. But this... Those are both the same things, but please continue. It's not. Don't lie to <laughs> ten, me. Ten hyphen two wants to have a chat. Um, <laughs> All right. Magic the Gathering is literally decades of noun soup. And for you to not only digest this noun suit, but organize it into a fast, casual-style buffet for us is very impressive, <laughs> and I want to commend you in doing so. Thank you. Thank you. This is I the Ryan it. Steakhouse of of, like, <laughs> of card-playing games mm-hmm. that I feel satiated, and if I go back for more in this very instance, I will start to hate myself. But I will come back at a later date for more. We're going to get I, you, Todd. We're going to get I you am, as soon as we're done recording, I'm gonna go pick up a big lighter. Good, 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 buy, good, good <laughs> buy some cards. We're gonna we're gonna get that lighter in Todd's ha- hands eventually. We're oh, gonna man. We got him to play Overwatch. We'll get him to play Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't like that comparison. That's bad. Bad omen. Corrupt Todd 2023 challenge. God. Thank you all for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. Once more, thanks again to our own resident of hashtag ButtThwompNation, Planeswalker, Zachix, for commissioning this month's flavor text. If you want to be part of the few, the proud, the thwomp, then head over to Patreon.com slash DebateThisCast for access to our exclusive premium feed, regular post-show, and more importantly, the keys to the castle that are making the hosts of this show create three separate episodes around the lore of a 30-year-old collectible card game. Until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. Am I first? I'm scrolling for another you're word man. in the doc. You're, you're first, man. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a good one if you need one. Yeah, you go ahead. You go first. No, I was going to let you have it. If you, I've got two if you, oh. want, to, if you want one. Um... I'm Andrew, the Chipotle of Techno Zombies Henderson. <laughs> I'm Matt, Methiolate and New Phyrexia Cole. <laughs> and I'm Todd. On April 18th, don't forget to turn ginger taxes, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. <laughs> Wait, the other one, the other one was 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 Nikki B actually stands for Nikki Benage. <laughs> Todd, you don't know how much time I spent trying to turn to square the circle on a ginger taxes <laughs> joke. I'm glad you did it. Thank you. Oh, God. Uh, we are saying thank you for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. Turn ginger taxes. <laughs> All right.